October 6, 2023, we're in Masechet Beta and Daf Kavav Amudal. If you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's 12 lines upward, uh, basically in the middle of the line where it says La Sericha. Uh, very briefly, what we're in the midst of deciphering are the words of our Mishnah. Mishnah presented a dispute, a mahloka between Biuda and Rabbi Shimon, having to do with a Bechor, a firstborn animal, which has a kedusha, an inherent sanctity to it. And the only way in which it's permitted to be consumed, to be eaten by a Kohen, is if there's a mum, if there's a blemish, which is known as a mum kavua. In order to determine that, you need what's called the mumche. A person needs to analyze and look at it carefully to determine that that's truly the case. Now the Mishnah set forth for us a case where the will, the interest of the person is to determine that on Yom Tov. The exact details have been a matter of dispute over the course of the Gemara. What we know from the Mishnah is that Rabbi Shimon was the stringent opinion and Rabbi Uda the more lenient opinion. What exactly are the details? We're in the midst of uh, working out. And the Gemara at this point, which we began uh, to finish up yesterday, says, La denafal be it says the Gemara, well, maybe the second words in the Mishnah where it said, V'imlav lo yishchot, if you didn't find a blemish on the animal, you can't slaughter it. The Gemara suggests it's not that you didn't find an animal and as a result it's tam, it's unblemished. If that were the case, be, would to be the case, of course you can't slaughter it. Rather, the case must be, and this is what we're up to in terms of discussing, uh, the animal was in the pit, didn't have a mum over, excuse me, didn't have a mum kabwa, didn't have a permanent blemish. As you pulled it out of the pit, perhaps, nafal be muma, it now developed a full-fledged blemish. So as the Gemara, if that's the case, how could, how would Rabbi Yehuda permit its muqseh, the fact that it didn't have a blemish? Entering into the holiday by pulling it out of the pit, it in turn developed a blemish. Well, that's something that developed independent of, well, after the beginning of the holiday. So the punchline here that uh, perhaps some of us have been waiting for is uh, the circumstance perhaps is in our Mishnah the following. Entering the holiday, you looked at this animal, which is in no pit at all, but has a blemish on it. You're uncertain whether that's a blemish, which is a kavua uh, blemish, it's a permanent one, or it's a mum over, or it's one which is going to pass. You might even be certain, I add, that it's a mum over, that it's a blemish which is going to pass. But even in that situation, your mind in turn is on this animal. You see a blemish, and as a result, you're already thinking about slaughtering it. It's not as if it's out of sight, out of mind. This is a sanctified, a Kurdish animal. I'm not going to touch it unless there's a blemish. There's already some blemish on it. But it's not, you've determined, or we determine at a later point, it's not a mum kavua. It's not a blemish which is permanent to it, which in turn would actually permit it. Now, pulling it out on the holiday, it develops a mum kavua. Now, under these circumstances, you could and probably would argue, it's not really mukseh. My mind kind of was on it. It did have a blemish entering the day. It had a mum. I'm furthermore not going to argue that I can't eat from it now. It does have a mum. I didn't do it purposefully. It's no problem in that respect. Can I now slaughter this on the holiday? So to review it one more time, it means that it had a mum, but not a requisite, not an appropriate, rightful mum on it entering into the holiday. Perhaps that establishes it as something that I'm 
thinking about. Now, on the holiday, it develops a mum kavua. The mumhe sees it on the holiday. Says the Mishnah, lo yishhot. Says the Mishnah, according to Rabbi Shimon, you're not allowed to slaughter it. Why not? There's no mukse issue. Rabbi Shimon doesn't even have such issues, we think. Uh, what sort of issue is there? You're going to tell me what? Mahudetema de da'ate ilave v'nishhoteh. Or perhaps you would tell me his mind was on it, and as a result, it's not considered mukzeh, and therefore you could slaughter it. That's the Hidush of our Mishnah. According to the Bihuda, you may not slaughter it. Why may you not slaughter it? What's the issue? Mukzeh. It's Kodesh. You can't say if this develops a moment so far. Okay, good. I'll, I'll tell you why I said that in a moment. First and foremost, I said twofold. I said either you're uncertain about it and as a result your mind's on it. Or alternatively, you see it, you might even have somewhat of an inkling, but the fact that there's a blemish on it, which means already my mind is attached to it. You want to liken that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, or there's a debate about this. You want to liken that to a case where there's no blemish at all. I'm suggesting alternatively, if blemishes have a way of deteriorating, this is a discussion, so maybe in turn I have thoughts on it. That's why I threw that in as well. That's a discussion, that's a debate in this context. But, okay, let's assume you saw a blemish and it was unchecked and you're uncertain about it. It was taken out in turn and checked and determined that it was a blemish, which was kavua. In such a circumstance, under such, uh, um, in, that concert, in that situation, the halakha you would have imagined is that it's in turn permitted. After all, now it has a blemish. It's not mukseh. What's the problem in slaughtering it? The halakha is you're not allowed to slaughter it. Why not? Rashi, and this is what I preemptively mentioned yesterday, Rashi in Dibura Mathil Kamashma'lan, that's in the wider lines of Rashi, some maybe uh, seven lines down, says Rashi, Kamashma'lan, di'ilo hava kavua me'erev yom tov, if it was not established as, excuse me, it did not have a mum kavua, it did not have a permanent blemish in it from before yom tov, lo yishhot. Why you're not allowed to slaughter? Either number one, mishum demukse mehamat isur hava. Either it's considered mukse mehamat isur. It's a mukse which is as a result of its prohibition. It's restricted by the Torah to use this animal in any way, shape, or form until it has an actual blemish in it, that's kavua. And even though your mind may have been on it, even though you may have been thick, but it was completely off balance. It was a sort for you to use. That would be the argument in our Mishnah of Rabbi Shimon. Iname, alternatively, mishum de'avar ve'aske. It's because it's a, what's called a kenas. We'll see this further developed in the Gemara later on. It's a penalty from the rabbis. You shouldn't have been pulling this out. According to Rabbi Shimon, you're not allowed to pull this animal out of the pit. Why'd you pull it out of the pit? You're supposed to send the mumhe down to check it out before determining, before deciding what to do with it. Well, uh, again, it was much of the debate in the Gemara, but 
very, very clear according to this answer why you need the pit, right? In other words, according to this, uh, we needed the pit for the first line in the Mishnah. The first line in the Mishnah was, uh, We were telling you a Hidush in that respect. In this one, the whole purpose of this Isur, according to this second interpretation of Rashi, is specifically because you did pull it out of the pit. We told you not to. Why'd you do so? Even though, technically speaking, it could be permitted, it's not as a kenas, as a penalty. Those are the two suggestions in Rashi. All right, moving ahead in the Gemara. The Gemara gets a little bit further complicated, but go ahead. Since you're never allowed, since you're not allowed to eat from this animal, which is bichor, which is kodesh, unless it has a blemish, and entering into the day it didn't have that blemish, muksit. Well, it's not per se that I'm allowing for it to disappear. The Torah says if and it has a certain kodesh still, but if it develops a mum kavua, you're in turn allowed to eat from it. The isur dissipates a little. That's the way it works. No problem. If the it had a mum entering into the holiday. The mum kavua happens on the holiday. So it had a uh, scratch on top of its eye entering into the holiday. I wasn't certain whether that was permanent or not, right? And as a result, looking at it, I didn't know enter, but I'm thinking about this, so it's not mukse. Now I determine as I take it out that its eye uh, got uh, severed as I was taking it out of the pit. So now it is a mum kavua. So on the one hand, it wasn't mukse. On the other hand, it wasn't established as a mum kavua. Maybe it in turn should be permitted now. It's not really mukse. The hidush is it's still asur. So one of two reasons, either because we established now, even though your mind was it might be a mum kavua, we established now it didn't have a mum kavua before the holiday, it was asur in reality, or alternatively you shouldn't have been pulling it out, you should have sent the guy down, that's what we established earlier in the Gemara, at the very least according. True as well, true as well, but you know, keep in mind, you're going to have to. Uh, you're right, in other words, maybe that's the knas. In other words, the knas is, uh, the penalty is, we don't want you pulling it out, and you're saying one of the fears in pulling it out, again, it's also exerting yourself. We don't want you pulling it out if, it, if we're not certain it has it. Furthermore, there's a certain danger which you might be interested in causing in the back of your mind. It says the Gemara onward, Tanura Beraita. So again, we're going to move this a little bit further, not too much more complicated, but it'll continue in a few of the complications of uh, the Bechor Halachot here with regards to Yom Tov and so forth. Bechor Tam Shenafal Lebor. So this circumstance is quite clear, whereas we were testing and determining earlier what was the exact reality in our Mishnah over here, it's explicit. If it was a Bechor Tam, it was unblemished, it fell into a pit on Yom Tov. Okay, now in this case, this is a clear indicator of Mukseh. There's no, it may have had a blemish, it may have not. It didn't have a blemish, it falls into a pit on Yom Tov. Rabbi Yudah Hanasi Omer, Yered Mumche V'yireh, Im Yesh Bo Mum Ya'ale V'yishchot, V'im Lav Lo Yishchot. Rabbi Yudah Hanasi's statement is, even under such circumstances, 
send the knowledgeable person down the mumche, let him determine whether it has a mum, and then you can pull it up. If not, you may not slaughter it. Pause for a second. What's that? Mum kabua. Only mum kabua. This, uh, is, uh, I understand. It's very opposite, especially of Rabbi Uda and our Mishnah. Look at the first line in our Mishnah. Bechoshen afalibor, Rabbi Uda omed, yered mumchev yerem, yeshbo mum yalev yeshchot. And if you recall, Rashi told us in the Mishnah, listen, it has to be there was a blemish entering into the holiday and you just weren't certain about it. Why did Rashi tell us that? Because Rabbi Uda is the opinion that there's a problem of mukseh. All of a sudden, Rabbi Uda changed his opinion. His tune is different over here. He is the opinion throughout Masechet Beitzah, throughout Talmud, Yesh Mukseh. All of a sudden he changed his opinion. I pay careful attention to his name. Rabbi Uda Hanasi. Explain to Rashi on the Gemara over here. That's a different Rabbi Uda. All right, as I said, it gets a little bit more complicated. Rabbi Uda in the Mishnah, is, his name is Rabbi Uda Bar Ilai. That's one Rabbi Uda. This is Rabbi Uda Hanasi, alternatively known as Rabbi, uh, just, um, that's, they just called him the rabbi. That's a different opinion. So his opinion is not so clearly Yesh Mukseh. So there's no contradiction per se between the Biuda and our Mishnah and the Biuda and Nasi. It's two different opinions, two different rabbis. Do we follow? One more time. The Mbiraita over here is recording the opinion of the Biuda and Nasi. Even if it's clear there was no blemish on this animal entering into the holiday, you can go down and determine whether there's a blemish now and then you can use it. Mukseh? What about Rabbi Huda, who Rashi told us in the Mishnah clearly has Mukseh, and as a result we had to establish that there was a blemish before the holiday? That's Rabbi Huda bar Eli. You're asking a question on me that Rabbi Avi Schwartz said something? That's Rabbi Avi Schwartz, I'm Rabbi Avi Harari. Right? No, that's what happened over here. So again, Bechor Tam says the Beraita Shenafal Lebor, Rabbi Huda Hanasi Omer Yered Mumchev Yireh. The response to him, not from the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was our Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah, I think so, further, so it's not uh, Eli Boganim, it's Eli, uh, I don't know, uh, Towel, Schwartz, that's right. I don't know if they do that, it would be Eli Schwartz. But anyway, uh, so, 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 says Rabbi Shimon Ben Menasyatim, Hare Amru, the response to Rabbi Huda Hanasi is, what are you talking about? You're sending down the per- person to determine whether it's a mum or not? Don't you know, quote, what they say? They say that you're not allowed to do that on Yom Tov. Who's they? Well, the Mishnah, the opinion of Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah. Because the Gemara, if you recall, started off as telling us that might be predicated on the Mahloket, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda. Again, can you determine on Yom Tob whether there's a blemish or not? Why would you not be able to? We talked about two reasons. You don't remember the two reasons? Why did Rabbi Shimon say so? Either it's judging or it's... it's what do those words mean? Either it's like judging, Rashi said, or alternatively it's... It's like fixing it, right? Remember those two reasons that were mentioned? But that's Rabbi Shimon about Yochai's opinion over here. No, only eat. Only eat so yeah, Giza avodar asurim. He cert- if it has a blemish, he certainly can't sacrifice it. Can't use it in his field. He can only. Not on the holiday. Then it w- then it would be nedava. You know. Interesting question. 
Interesting question. It is. It is, because he can't sacrifice it on the holiday. It's korban nedava. Good point. Good, good point. Otherwise, it would complicate matters even more, very clearly. Um, so anyway, so the response here, Bishimon ben Menasiah, Rabbi Rabbi Hudah Nasi, I don't really understand your opinion. Don't you agree that we're not allowed to check it on the holiday? Maybe he doesn't agree. Maybe he maintains like Rabbi Hudah. Rabbi Hudah disagreed. Rabbi Hudah, if you call, said, no, I don't have such an issue. You're allowed to check it. Go ahead and check it. It looks like fixing. Looks like fixing to you. Doesn't look like fixing to me. Looks like, and it's like judging. It's not judging. Come on. We're not sitting with a gavel in court or anything like that. Who said that Rabbi Hudah Nasi needs to accord with such an opinion? Rashi again to the save. Says Rashi for one of two reasons. Number one, the rabbi of Rabbi Hudah Nasi was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He brings proof to this. Rashi does. So if it's his rabbi, it doesn't mean he can't disagree with him, but it stands to reason that if there's a dispute, he would side with his rabbi, that you're not allowed to check the animal on Yom Tov, Rabbi Hudah Nasi with his rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And secondly, if there are those two opinions and stated um, over here, Hare Amru, it appears as if the stringent opinion was the winning opinion over here. You're uncertain what the halakha is, you're going to veer on the side of caution with the stringent opinion that of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Okay. Those technicalities aside, the back and forth over here, quite simply then, Rabbi Hudah Nasi's statement is, if the animal is unblemished, unequivocally, objectively, beautiful animal entering into the holiday, on the holiday, uncertain, but it looks like it has a, a permanent blemish. Can you check it or not? Go check it. If it has a blemish, take it out. Response of Rabbi Shimon ben Menasiah, don't you know what your rabbi, don't you know the prevalent opinion to be stringent on this? We don't just check it on the holiday because it looks like fixing, it looks like judgment. In turn, it's not okay. That's the back and forth. Uh, what's the response in turn? So again, Amar Lord Bishimon ben Menasiah, Hare Amru en Ro'in Mumin biyom Tob, Kesad, Nolad bo Mum Me'erv Yom Tob, En Mevakerin Otob biyom Tob. Nolad bo Mum Beyom Tob, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Enzemina Muchan. The Shavin, Shim Nolad, Hu, Umumo, Imo, Shezemina Muchan. So, rather, here's how we conclude this with a threefold directions, instructions. Again, it sounds as if it'll get simple here because you're giving directions. One, two, three. What's up? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Enzim and Uchan, those are the words in our Mishnah. But what do those words mean, Enzim and Uchan? It doesn't mean Mukzeh. I gotcha. So, okay. So, I'm sorry I didn't give you credence because that's the Tosafot we mentioned as well. So, it's not the page ahead, it's the top of the page, Morris, as well. Look at the final words of the Mishnah, Enzimina Mukhan. Sorry, I gotta give you credit where credit's due. Well, I mentioned just now two, two reasons, all good. I mentioned two reasons for why it's Enzimina Mukhan. We said either because it's Nerakim Etakin or because it's Dan Dinim Beyom Tom. Tosafot, if you recall, uh, twisted this a bit even further, and they said, even though it's Rabbi Shimon, who generally speaking does not have the concept of mukseh, maybe over here, since you're not allowed to check it, it's out of sight, out of mind, so much so that it's a mukseh that even Rabbi Shimon has. It's like the dried fruits on the top of the roof. That was Tosafot's angle on this, indeed. I, I uh, should have given you credence where, where it was due. But, 
yeah, yeah. But the words muchan are the words of the Mishnah, so it doesn't help, didn't help me that much. I didn't know exactly what you meant. All right, anyway, says this, so again, so now we have, as a result of this conversation between Rabbi Shimon ben Menasiah and Rabbi Udah Nasi, we have a three, uh, three statements in terms of guidelines for what to do, what's permitted to do, what's forbidden to do with regards to Bechor on Yom Tov. So number one, Ketzad. Nolad bo mum me'erev yom tov. What if there is a blemish from erev yom tov? In such a circumstance, well, uh, what's going to happen? He's now, this is Rabbi Shimon ben Menasya, quoting from Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. This is going to be the operating logic and halakha. There is en mevakirin otob yom tov. First and foremost, lechatahila, ideally, you're not allowed to check it. Not allowed to. Why are you not allowed to check it? Here we go, Mars. Here you go. Mukhan, right. What does Mukhan mean? One of three things. But it means I'm not allowed to check it on Yom Tov. But I know there was a blemish. It's not a Mukzeh per se, but I don't fully know. I'm not fully certain about it. Not allowed to, ideally. What about if you went ahead and checked it? Uh, it sounds like it would then be permitted, but you're not supposed to be doing so. Number two. No Bob Mum Be Yom Tov. What if it didn't exist before Yom Tov and now it is born on Yom Tov, this blemish? Rabbi Shimon Omer Rabbi Shimon says, nonetheless, in such a circumstance, you may not now use it. Why may you not use it? So again, what were the first two we had? Number one, it had the blemish before Yom Tov. According to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Shimon Ben Menasya quoting him, don't check it. That's it. You should have checked it before the holiday. No checking it on the holiday. You went ahead and checked it. Well, now it's okay. Um, what if it didn't have the blemish at all before Yom Tov? Rabbi Shimon, no good. Thirdly, Shavin, both Rabbi, Uda, both Rabbi Shimon and even Rabbi Uda agree. That's going to be the last and most interesting case we're going to spend some time discussing now. And that is, what if the animal is born on Yom Tov with a blemish? Yeah, that's right. So it's born with a blemish. To put it in different words for you, interesting, similar to Betzah but over here, it's not going to be, you know, the Betzah, there's a question exactly what the Nolad circumstance and situation. Let's uh, strip that for a moment. Over here, let's, let's leave that aside. Was the, let, let's say this animal is purpose to give birth and to be eaten from. Uh, so in other words, by the Beit Olda, if you recall, if you, were, if you had in mind to eat from that egg, it wasn't considered a mukseh situation. It was only mukseh if your purpose with this hen was that the hen is, is going to grow uh, eggs. As a result, I'm not thinking about eating from the hen, and the uh, egg in turn is prohibited as well. If this animal, the purpose of the animal is to eat from it, its baby in turn is permitted. The only problem... Good. So the problem would be that it's a bechor and it's kadosh, but it comes out and it's blemished. It was never kadosh. Why does the wild animal comes into your courtyard on 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 the on the yom tov? You're allowed to you're allowed to sacrifice it. It comes on your property, right? No. No, you couldn't. Only if it was in your property from. No good. No good. It is Muqseh. Say it again. Didn't I ask you this last week? You have to wait a week. Move on, baby. You can't kill it. 
I thought you can't kill the mother of the baby. No, he said that also. For a sacrifice. No, 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 no. No, this is all. This is Bisman Hazer. But it's it's you, Kohen, Mamash. It's you, Kohen. You live next door to a farm, or it is your farm. It, you're 100 percent correct. Jeffrey says that the kiriah we had just a few days ago was that you need to wait a week before sacrificing. Jeffrey had a fascinating question. Let me just. He said, if we're, we were learning just a page ago, if you recall, the Gemara had a derech eretz at the very least that we learned from Vayikra, Perek Pasuk Vav, where the animal is supposed to be first hufshat, uh, you're supposed to skin it and then cut it into pieces. And that's the way you should do it with your own meat. It was a derech eretz to all the butchers. So then why don't we copy that law from the Torah that you're not supposed to eat from the animal until it's seven days after birth in terms of our own lives? And the answer is we don't. I'm not sure why. But we don't learn that from the Torah. Over here we're not talking about sacrifice. Yeah, first and foremost, we're waiting for the blemish. It's born with the blemish. Secondly, that's the whole issue. The whole issue over here is we need a blemish. Because then it's sacrificed. Absolutely. But not on Yom Tov anyway. Because then it's, as Charles mentioned earlier, then it's, then, then it's a nidava. Yeah, so not... Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's leave Tanai on the side for a moment. Let's figure out what's the halacha when it actually comes with a mum. It's not so simple that it's going to be permitted. So anyway, the statement of it, give, give, give it a few minutes. Vishavin, there's an agreement, even the stringent opinion, that of Rabbi Shimon, that that will be considered min hamuchan. In other words, you have no such issue in such a circumstance of any sorts of, well, I'm not allowed to check it, well, it wasn't prepared, well, it, none of that's relevant because it was never Kodesh, that's the way to say this, it was never Kodesh, it came out and it had a blemish, it was never Kodesh, you're not posing a problem of, mukseh is the understanding, you're furthermore not posing a problem of Tikkun, it was never, it was never a problem in any way. That's the halacha. We'll take a look, for example, at Rashi in the third wide line. Aval bezo on the right, right side of, of, of the page. Aval bezo hayumodim cholkim shelefanenu biudavet bishimon. On this matter, this last of the halachot, if it's born with the blemish, everybody, even bishimon, agrees. Shim nolat hayom umumo imosh zemen amuchan she'en beze mishum tikkun umishum din. There's no judgment and there's no fixing. It was never forbidden. It was never sanctified. As a result, uh, there was no mukse problem. There's no fixing problem. There's no judging problem. It was kosher from its birth. There's no other side out of mind. Hold the thought. Hold the thoughts. Hold the thoughts. Alright, says the hold the thoughts. So the Gemara says Darash, it was a Darasha, it was an interpretation or was a teaching, better yet, of Rabba Baravuna. Noladhu, if a baby is born on Yom Tob with a moom on it, the Bechor, you're allowed to go check it on Yom Tov without a problem. What does Lechatechila mean? Lechatechila means it's not that if you checked it now it's permitted, it's that it's entirely permitted to check it and as a result to eat from it. 
Yes, that's the halakha, says the Gemara. Marle Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman responded to Rabbah Baravuna. Again, Rabbah Baravuna was picking up on the last statement we had in the Beraita. What was the last statement in the Beraita? Nolad hu umumo imo. If it's born with a blemish, Shavin, there's an agreement that that's min hamukhan. Rabbah Baravuna jumps in and says, You know what that means? Seems like he's telling us, you know what that means? You can go ahead and check it. Bring the mumhe in, no issue in doing so. Lechatechila, even though in general we don't want to be checking, even though in general we say that checking could be a rabbinic violation of deen on Yom Tov, be a rabbinic violation of one or another, does several things. In this circumstance, it's mutal lechatechila. Rav Nachman says, either, according to Rashi, my father taught in the Biraita the proper reading, or your father taught the proper reading of the Biraita. Either way you go on this, Rav Nachman turns to Rabbah Baravuna and says, well, wait a second. Your statement is that if the animal is born with a blemish, you can go and check it to determine that it's indeed blemish with what's called the mum kavua, uh, that, uh, that conflicts with a statement from father. My father, your father, either way you go. What's that? That the examination is ideally, if you're not allowed to go ahead and do it, if you went ahead and did it, right, so then maybe the animal's permitted. But the statement is, the father, it is indeed checked, and you're telling me you're allowed to do it You see this lashon of mevakerin? Mevakerin. What does it mean, levaker? Levaker means to, to determine or to distinguish, to decide that this is indeed blemished or not blemished. I like to appeal to this word in this coming week's, well, almost this coming week's parasha and parashat bereshit. I point out that the words erev and boker are very telling words. Erev means evening when there's a mix. Eruv means a mix. It's a mix between daytime and nighttime. It's not Laila and it's not Yom. It's Erev. It's when there's a mix. Boker, interestingly, and uh, Ibn Ezra, in fact, points this out, is Milashon Levaker. It's the time that you can distinguish. There's light so that I can now be mevaker, I can distinguish, I can differentiate between things. Those words have, have a more profound meaning <coughs> than just uh, day and night, as we might say in English. For example, that's what Moshe says in the Ta'adat Korah. He says, Boker He says, wait until the morning. There's a double entendre over there. It doesn't just mean morning. He means, let's turn to a time when it's going to be clear. Give it a little time. Morning will bring clarity. Okay, anyway, says the Gemara Imava. The statement is, We're going to suffice with this proof, and we'll continue with this uh, uh, on Monday, but it goes like this. Abaye says, Kavate. Kavate means like the opinion of Rabbah Baravuna. We have two opinions pitted up against each other. There's a birth of this mother animal to this baby, and this baby is blemished. Right? Am I allowed to check this blemished animal on the holiday? If I went ahead and I checked it, it's kosher, everybody agrees to it if it has the blemish. Am I allowed to go ahead and do so? Rabbah Barafuna says, yes. Rav Nachman quotes from father, no. He went ahead and did it, it's okay. So the statement in turn over here says, Abaye, I think you can make the argument 
I think I can prove logically or empirically that you can do this even l'chatechila. Keep in mind, once upon a time, these are real ramifications. I have a bechor um, with the betas and with the uh, towels, and we, they want to eat from it. Is it permitted to do so on, on the holiday or not? Says, he says, I can make a, a diuk from the beraita we just learned. I can read it carefully and prove that this is even l'chatechila. Listen to the sensitive reading. Listen to the careful reading of the beraita how he breaks it into three segments and learns something from that. Midde katane, from the Beraita that we mentioned earlier. Katane, tane means to teach. It taught tilata bave. Bave, a bava, even in Arabic until today, what's a bab? It's a gate, right? And bave means gate. Bava kama, bava mesia, bava batra means the first and middle and last gate. There are three gates, it really means three segments to the Beraita. Telata, switch the top with the Shin. Shilosha, there are three segments to that Beraita that we just learned. Listen to the three segments. Number one, Nolad Bomume Erev Yom Tob En Mevakirin Otob Yom Tob The first statement in the Beraita was ideally you shouldn't be checking this. It had a moon, it had a blemish before the holiday. You checked it, it's okay, but ideally you shouldn't be doing so. Number one, That was the first statement in the Beraita. It told us, ideally yes, ideally no, done, okay. Second statement, What if the blemish is developed on the holiday? That, are you allowed to check that at all? What about if you went ahead and you checked that? Yeah, no. All right, maybe we have to pick up with this next time. Okay, so we'll have to pick up with this, but I'll tell you the direction very briefly. We're going to be sensitive to the fact that there are three segments to this Beraita, and in turn say that that third segment is telling me that it's even L'chatechila. The first was L'chatechila, the second was not even L'chatechila, the third is going to be L'chatechila. We'll pick up from this next time.